0: 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you.
2: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Napsack for another edition of Star Wars Rank, Me and a guest ranking things in Star Wars just like we used to do on the playgrounds and then later on in the pubs, the bars, and chain restaurants of our lives. And this week, we got a very special guest making his debut on Force Center. Please welcome from Octo Radio because that's the way I say Octo. Alden
4: Diaz <laughs> is here. Welcome, Alden. How are you? Hey, what's going on, Ken? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. And uh, you know, it's sort of Octo Radio sort of forces people to say toe instead of two. Uh, yeah, and it's it's worked out the way I hoped for the most part. I like the the that you put into it though. Octo. Ach- uh, how long you been doing that podcast, my friend? uh oxo radio is a little bit over a year old because i launched it um i literally hit you know publish on the first episode heading into celebration chicago that way as i was meeting people out there i could say hey this just started you can get in on the ground floor come hang out come listen um so yeah it's so a little bit over a year
2: that's awesome man and you are a um you're a radio guy. You're 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 coming up in the radio ranks, producing and on air stuff. And man, I, I respect that. I, and I uh, love your uh, calls. You always uh, put in some great listener calls into uh, my show, uh, Castle Talk with Andres and Rachel and Lon. And I was like, this kid's got it, man. This kid's got. got it. <laughs>
4: well, and, I appreciate it, man. You you know the rock radio life and and producing yeah. and all that stuff. And obviously, it's super different now. Uh, it's different every day, especially with everything going on. But it does uh, yeah. translate, and there's way more nerds in that realm than people realize. It's not really glitz and glam. It really is just a bunch yeah. of nerds in a station eating Pop-Tarts. I love
2: that, man, because back uh, back in the 90s when I was uh, rock radio in it, yeah, not a lot of nerds. We are nerds for bands, mm-hmm. Kiss fans or Beatle fans like myself, uh, all those kind of stuff. But yeah, I, I wouldn't, because uh, I was doing radio when Special Editions hit. And oh, yeah. only like one other person at the station, the, the night DJ, Megan Ray, uh, we, were, we used to play Star Wars Monopoly all the time and uh, we all went to, to see it, but it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't as talked about. And I would, I, we talked, uh, we had, we brought wrestlers on uh, Paul Bear, uh, Savio Vega, Ahmed Johnson, Triple H wow. uh, people like that to promote the mid nineties house shows in Southern California. And man, people were like, we had honky tonk
4: man on people. Like, what are you doing? Who, who wants to talk to wrestlers? So, yeah. oh, believe me, there's still a little bit of that. I mean, my very first on air question I ever asked in the history of my very young broadcast career. But the very first one was to Mick Foley. And I remember pitching it and, and getting the email that he was available for a, like the comedy tour he was doing and being basically just just pooped on through, throughout <laughs> the station for wanting to do it. Uh, so that definitely does still exist. But uh Star Wars definitely goes over better.
2: That is good to hear. We love knowing that Star Wars is uh, accepted worldwide, for the most part. Uh, and that's why you're here today. You're here to discuss some Star Wars. Uh, you are uh, sometimes, uh, you, you're in the Discord server, too, uh, posting great stuff. Uh, love your takes on everything. So I reached out and said, hey, what do you want to rank? And you gave me a great list of options. You were ready to go with some options that you wanted to rank. We're choosing one here today that is uh it just it pulled me in right away. It is the uh, behind-the-scenes merch and toys we want. Because oh, yeah. behind-the-scenes is very important to Star Wars. Uh, we're going to be talking on the main show about it soon. Uh, the behind-the-scenes heroes. We just know it's part of the process. I always talk about how you're a fan early. You love the Space Wars. You love the Luke Skywalker and the Darth Vader. And then pretty soon you learn a guy named George Lucas made it. And you start going down that path. Why did you end up settling on this as one of your topics on?
4: Well, you know, it's so true what you're saying about how it leads from the actual, uh, you know, consuming the story and the mythology over to realizing these are jobs that people have. Like, this is a thing that people do to make money. That thing that my mom says doesn't grow on trees. So it just became this weird um, experience when I was in kindergarten. I remember they gave us this journal and they put it in front of us. And they said, uh, you know, every day we're going to do a little journal entry. And they asked me to write who my hero was. And I had just I was so proud of myself. I had just learned the name Mark Hamill. And I knew that he was not just Luke Skywalker, but that he also voiced Wolverine in a video game that I was playing, an X-Men game. And I wrote, well, this is this, this the definition of a hero. He's Luke Skywalker and Wolverine. I wrote it down. I was so proud. I was telling all my friends, and they're like, "That's, that's great!" Like in a kindergartner way, we don't know who this Mark yeah. guy is, but good for you. Yeah. Uh, and then it was just, you know, a spiral from there. You know, uh, on Revenge of the Sith, the DVD documentary. Within a minute, I'm pretty sure I've seen that more than I've seen Revenge of the Sith at this point. Right. And and it's it's mm-hmm. definitely snowballed, and you just realize that there's a hero, you know, behind every element of every frame.
2: It's so interesting you say that, too, because like Phantom Menace and, and, you know, we could talk about my personal journey to becoming a prequelist and appreciating the movies a bit different and better than I I did when I saw it in the theater. But when I had that DVD, it's I watched the beginnings, that documentary that's so great about the Phantom Menace. I watched it so many times while still thinking, I don't like this movie. Let me watch that again, how they made it. It's it's so interesting, the pull and power of it, because it's part of it. It's part of the love.
4: Absolutely. And it's so cool how the the fandom overall, you know, one of the most positive things about it is how those documentaries have sort of become a, a film saga in and of themselves. Where, you know, I've spoken to other fans, either doing my podcast or in Discord servers or just, you know, on Twitter. And you'll make a reference to George showing the B-1 battle droid to Spielberg. And and someone will understand what you're quoting. That you're quoting something from the behind the scenes documentary as if it was its own feature film. Uh, and and then they are in a lot of ways. And so uh, the way that we've all latched onto those things, or you know how Ryan Johnson has his own reaction gifs, you know that aren't even from Last Jedi. It's just him. It's it's become its own culture. That is part of
2: what we're here today about. And also, if you're listening, you hear. Is that thunder in the background? Yeah, uh, Alden's okay. broadcasting from South Florida, but we've decided today that he's broadcasting from Exegol just to make it that much more Star Wars. So uh, true. I can, it's you know, a Sith cultist. You're you're Sith Eternal. That's why we brought you here. So uh, today's topic, as selected by Alden, is, like I said, uh, the -the behind-the-scenes merchant toys that we want. These are items that don't yet exist, have been talked about, maybe dreamed about, but we still want them. We're going to work our way five to one, as we always do here in Star Wars Ranked, and begin, sir, with your number five.
4: All right, ladies and gents, let me talk to you about a man named Brian Herring, one of the the behind-the-scenes heroes. I think that kids love uh, role-playing. They love, you know, getting the police badge or the the stethoscope and things, and I think we could introduce to them a new career with a toy called the Roll Around BB-8 Puppet Set with a green-screen costume. If you could get your kid decked out in green from head to toe, give him a little mask, and then they get a BB-8. But it is fixed onto a green pole, so they can roll it around and understand that someone did that for three films in the story that they love. This is awesome. I can see the packaging.
2: Uh, you get the kind of one size fits all, or maybe you sell different sizes uh, for the for the green suit. But I, I imagine those uh, stretch to fit all uh, sizes in, in the galaxy. And and you pull it out, and then you some some assembly required, right? Yes, a parent maybe hook. <laughs> let's be honest, most of the parents are going to want to do this, too. And then you get to roll around uh, your apartment, your backyard, the street, whatever you want, because this is uh, part of the allure of BB-8, is the man behind it all. Uh, I love this. When did you come up with this idea? Has this been in your head for a while uh,
4: after you saw The Force Awakens behind the scenes stuff? Yeah, I mean, when you see Brian Herring and those behind the scenes things, you know, particularly uh, on Jakku um, during the chase stuff with TIE fighters and, and First Order troopers, um, chasing Ray and the gang, you, you sort of realize, oh my goodness, you know what, what what seemed like a whoa, what's that type thing in the initial Thanksgiving teaser of BB rolling across the screen? Is that a, is that a volleyball, a soccer ball type droid? And then you realize, oh man, this guy is going to have one of the most physically intense and <laughs> and, and you know and, and 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 grueling jobs across this entire trilogy uh, because they were dedicated. To making BB, you know, as practical as he possibly could be, and it just right. became one of those thoughts that permeated in my mind every time I saw him in a scene, where I'd be like, I wonder if that's Brian Herring, you know, because obviously some of that'll have to be CG, but really, it took me back to being five years old and thinking that's a job, and if you've got the cardio skills, man, that's one of the best jobs there is. Uh, yeah, I was going to
2: say this is going to that's a that's a workout, and yeah, but you're right because once it's in your mind, you it's hard not to separate. I. I, I I was scared as a youngster over the, the rancor monster. Right. And mm-hmm. just a kid. It was like, eh, it's was kind of like that and large Marge would frighten me in Pew's Street yeah, Adventure. Go. Um, and even, but, but, but my mom was like, uh, like the second or third time as such, she's like, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a puppet, it's a toy. Then I saw some pictures of Phil Tippett inside the costume in the early versions that aren't, aren't the, uh, what made it to screen, but I would comfort myself by knowing, well, it, there's people behind it. It's not real. So on the same token, uh, the excitement of seeing BB-8 and wondering who's behind that at that moment, it's part of the, uh, the genius of this toy that you're trying to sell here now.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And it, and it speaks to, you know, the creativity that's gone even particularly into droids, how each of them mm. sort of does have to be approached in a different way. And we'll get into another droid uh, shortly on my list. But you think about Alan Tudyk, mm. how he had sort of two different ways he had to play K2 and Taika as IG-11 had to go about it a certain way versus, you know, say somebody um, that's just a background, you know, puppeteer that instead is, you know, thinking about it more in terms of an RC vehicle. So it's just a million different ways to approach these characters to bring them to life. And and the Disney era has sort of introduced, um, you know, a plethora of of different techniques. Yeah.
2: Yeah, uh, And to run across the sand and uh, also bring in a little bit of personality for BB-8, that's some skills, and Brian Herring's got it. And he's in, uh, uh, immortalized in your mind with this toy, and uh, I love that there. So uh, that is your number five, and, which means we are going to start uh, my list here, my number five, going to The Force Awakens as well, even though your, your toy definitely goes through all the uh, sequel trilogy. It starts in Force Awakens, and I'm going uh, back to one of the big myths it's also true, but there's a lot of myth and urban legends around it. So maybe we'll get the answers with my number five toy, Black Series, Harrison Ford, broke broken ankle playset. <laughs> <Right>? Yes. <laughs> so you get old man Han, you get the six-inch figure. Then you get a a JJ six-inch figure comes in the set. And then you got the Falcon Door, uh, where the allegedly the the incident happened where the door fell on uh, Harrison's uh, ankle, shattered his ankle. We hear reports oh, it was way worse than it was told. It was nah, not as bad it was told. We don't know. It shut down production. It was remember too, Alden. That was that was like big news. You know, we oh, we yeah. we didn't know so good where the only star Wars news story we had discussed was Harrison Ford's injury. Uh, There'd be a lot more things to discuss uh, good and bad after that. But, but that was like headlines all over. Oh my God, is star Wars done because it had to stop for a week. So why not release it in a
4: action play set? You know what I mean? I think this is amazing. And I think that it is, uh, it is the type of specificity that star Wars fans uh, guzzle like, like the elixir of life. We love those very specific urban legends, uh, like George's, you know, anxiety attack on the set of New Hope. You know, we, we like those things that were like, whoa, what they had to go through to deliver this space opera. And I remember hearing, uh, you know, that Harrison rumor and being like, what's going to happen to our original cast? What are they doing? Like, what is going to, we need to put protective wrapping around everyone that we have brought back from the original films.
2: Yeah. And then, of course, you know, Harrison, we now know, has done his fair share of crashing planes and emergency landings. He seems to keep on ticking. He is like Indiana Jones and Han Solo, I guess, in real life. Um, but yeah, there was, so, there was, it, I, I had a kind of a feeling of, oh, see, this is what, I don't know, maybe he's, maybe he's too old, which I don't believe at all deep down is the case. But in the moment there, I'm just like, Oh, this is not good. He shouldn't be running around a set. He should just be sitting in the, and the, and the pilot's chair. What what are we doing
4: with Han? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I had those similar thoughts with, uh, with Billy D. and, you know, I, I thought about it with everybody involved and, and they all proved us wrong. And I think that, I think Harrison would actually get a good chuckle out of your toy, Ken. I think he would. <laughs> I'll take, I'll, I'll take one of those.
2: Um, so that was uh, my number five and I guess it will come with, um, you can switch out the uh, Harrison's ankle from like the knee down with a put one in like a a, a,
4: a brace or, or a cast. If, if oh, absolutely. Want. I think I would also, uh, if I can make one recommendation, perhaps a swappable J.J. Yeah. Abrams mouth where he can look shocked <laughs> and horrified.
2: Yeah. I've ruined everything. I've ruined. <laughs> I, I
4: broke my childhood hero. Yeah,
2: yeah I broke on Solo. Uh, that'll be that.
4: Um, so that is my number five, which means we're uh, up to your number four. For my number four, we're going to stay in the Black Series mentality here. I'm a big Black Series uh, collector and fan. And uh, there's a character that, you know, the other day um, I did a commentary on Solo, and I'd been thinking a lot about the different characters of, of Solo. And L337, you know, definitely is something that I focused on in this watch because since I saw the movie in theaters... I have become a diehard just admirer and fan of Phoebe Waller bridge. And so I am pitching here a six inch figure of Phoebe Waller bridge as L3, but before visual effects, just her in the green or blue will have two variants uh, yeah. in her, in her undersuit where you can see her head underneath the astromech ask a dome uh, celebrating that she more so than even K2 was right down the middle of practical and digital i
2: love this i love this because i gotta tell you my appreciation for l3 grew and it started from a good spot all right it started from the good spot the first time i saw solo but there were some moments maybe i didn't gravitate to with her with the character and then the more I got to see the character, the more I got to just kind of roam around that solo world. And the more you got to see Phoebe Waller-Bridge, whose profile as a writer and performer has absolutely grown from this movie on and all the other things she did before. Yes, but this really kind of helped catapult her to the next level. And then, and then uh, her her show comes out and then now working on Bond, all those kind of things. You just now now I'm rooting for her. And therefore, I'm rooting for her character and 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 the amount that she put into the performance. And that's the genius of your idea here, Alden,
4: because you see those clips. That's her. That walk, Absolutely. that move, that attitude, it's her. Yeah. And and you know, when they're on Kessel and she's celebrating how much she she's loving this revolution that she's caused and she's absorbing the chaos and really fulfilling her purpose, it made me realize. You know, and I was talking about it during this commentary, the Kessel Run, you know, an event mythologized in Star Wars as being career defining for one of our beloved heroes, only succeeds because L3's dream comes true in that moment. Without that distraction and without the chaos that Phoebe Waller-Bridge injects into those moments, it doesn't play the same. And therefore, Han's journey can't be the same. And, you know, you talk about her meteoric rise. I mean, Fleabag has devastated me and inspired me and it's become one of my favorite things. And so now watching things with Phoebe in them, I root for her too. I read last shot and how L3 um, in a roundabout way becomes part of that story as well um, without spoiling. Cause I do think people should check it out. It's one of my favorite star Wars books. Uh, it just made me want to definitely emphasize um, her contributions to the character and also how important um, that blending just overall in the Disney era between your practical and your digital uh, is because obviously when they're reselling the franchise and trying to kick it off again in 2014 slash 15 you know it's you know real sets practical effects but they they did bury the lead in a lot of ways you know to get some goodwill yeah. but it should be celebrated that you're doing both
2: yeah no this is uh this is great and look i love what anthony daniels brings to 3po and how for the most part aside from some sequences in attack the clones that come to mind uh you know it's it's I- him and the and, and that's a different approach in a different time and this is the best of both worlds to me. This allows you to create a droid and K2SO as well where just size-wise it's bigger and bolder and L3, is the, the design is different than, than 3PO or any other kind of droid but then to still allow for the human element and then allow for a performer like Phoebe Waller-Bridge to go a direction she wants to go to with lines, takes, reads and, and then they could match a lot to, to her and that's what I really... Just grew to really love about the performance and the character. So this is great. I this is sad because I want all of these, but now I I can picture this on the shelf. Like,
4: oh yeah, you can immediately see, yeah, yeah, exactly how it would look. And you know, I might have to reach out to somebody that makes really good customs because it's just I'm, I'm stuck on it now. I'm falling in love already. It's a great,
2: and plus I can only imagine like an unboxing with her, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, just like open this up, being like, oh my God, like what the hell!" like it'd just be great. It'd be great. Yeah. Great. Love it. This is the spirit of the list indeed. So glad you did this in kind of the same vein. I didn't necessarily, I had your list, but I just kind of ran through mine and I made some changes and I did not this. So this syncs up better than I thought, but my number four is going back to the Phantom Menace and I want an on set Jar Jar hat. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I looked up. I was like, this. Maybe this exists. I couldn't find it. Maybe there's a custom something. And some of these designs, maybe they're out. They're out there in some way. I know one. The next one I'm talking about, I know you can have seen versions of them at cons. But for this one in particular, I want an official um, Jar Jar Binks, and I have the pin. I ordered that pin, um, the, the 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 charity pin with Ahmed Best's signature and everything, and that has his full face. I want to be mm-hmm. clear. I do This is not Ahmed's face on there. This is. Jar Jar's head or part of it and then the hat part and then the visor and then you fill out the rest and it is an ode to Jar Jar and Ahmed Best and what they accomplished on The Phantom Menace and you and I are talking about Phoebe Waller-Bridge as this droid and everything about her and what she brings to the uh, choice as well as the the animators and the the designers that went into it look look what they did with Ahmed forget what you feel about Jar Jar out there listening and a lot of you love him Uh, A lot of you do unabashedly. And I love that because I'm there with you now. Um, But I always go to Ahmed and I go to Ahmed and the legacy and the first out of the gate of doing a performance capture kind of character. uh, uh, It's very important to the history of film. It really is. And I want to pay homage to it. And then I would wear
4: this hat pretty much everywhere that I go. I think that that is an amazing choice. It's something that I've thought about since I was a kid, just the way that Ahmed looked in his onset costume. You know, you see in, in the documentaries and in the behind-the-scenes clips that we've had how they weren't exactly sure if it was going to work because they were breaking new ground. But George, in his very George Lucas way, just seemed so calm and sort of like, yeah, no, we'll get through it. Like, he seemed so just, you know, laissez-faire about it. And, and Ahmed having all of this pressure with such a good attitude. You know, this hat to me says... Positivity, you know, it says innovation and, and, you know, revolutionizing characters, and how, in a lot of ways, this hat is the torch that would then be passed to Andy Serkis, and how that eventually leads Andy to being Snoke. And so, this hat has is in the DNA, you know, of everything that uh, motion capture performers would then do, and, and seeing how Ahmed's come back into the family, I think that. I, I want to see an entire sea of us wearing this at the next celebration.
2: Oh, yeah, it'd be it'd be absolutely amazing. And, and just especially, you know, with what what happened with the character, what happened with him, his life, his career. And, and without a doubt, it's hard to ignore some of the tragic things. But I think it's time and it is it is currently time. I mean, it's, it's not just something we want to do. I think we are doing as fans. We're moving past a lot about a lot of that, not forgetting it. I don't think you ever need you, you shouldn't forget. Uh, the pain that it, that it caused Ahmed, uh, um, I, I think that would uh, devalue what he went through and, and the lessons that we can take from it. But to see him, yeah, like you said, back with the Jedi Temple show, but also this this image of the hat uh, or the image of the visor and uh, Ahmed on set, it, it's, to me, it's it's full acknowledgement of what he brought. And and I love that. And now I, now I really want one too. Maybe you could even do it in like a Nerf foam, kind of like a football stadium helmet, like a big hmm. cheese head I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a toy designer. I just want someone to make
4: it. I know. Secretly we're just hoping that everybody who listens to Four Center that has some kind of skills. We we would not be mad if if these customs started popping up places. Yeah.
2: Brought to you by Star Wars rang. So that is my number 4. Onset Jar Jar hat ready to go be worn at the stadium and uh, life event of your choosing. Uh, we are up to your number
4: 3. right, so for my number three, I was thinking about, you know, earlier I gave a lot of love to Brian Herring and thinking about careers, and I started to think about how important that is for our kids and how I definitely wouldn't be doing what I do, either professionally or in terms of podcasting, um, which in a lot of ways is like a side hustle, you know, for many of us it is, Um, and I started thinking about all of the jobs at Lucasfilm, and then my mind went to a place that it honestly probably has never gone, and that's Barbie. I want to do a collaboration between Barbie, the Career Dolls line, and Lucasfilm. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing in my mind Kathleen Kennedy Barbie in her white blazer with her multicolored Star Wars black t-shirt underneath, just looking like the film god that she is. And then it Uh, comes with fake money for kids to produce inside of it. A notepad. I'm thinking there's a Barbie and Ken two-pack, but instead of Barbie and Ken, it's Carrie Beck and Dave Filoni, and it's got drawings inside. I'm thinking there's a Doug Chang with with a, with a canvas. I think we could go a, a thousand different ways in this line and just yeah. celebrating everything that it takes to make a movie. Oh, this is genius. This
2: is great. This is, uh, you can throw in any one of the, uh, Kiri Hart and Michelle uh, You know, even Grumpy Pablo, put him in there with a, a shirt that says no Twitter. I don't know, put him, put him <laughs> on there. Uh, but this is a great line because part of the legacy of Star Wars and and what it inspires is in people isn't just I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to be a director. It's I'm going to be a producer. I'm going to be um, a production coordinator. I'm going to be a designer. I'm going to be a concept artist. I'm going to go into science. There's so many things that Star Wars inspires. And now these names and these people, you know. Sometimes I wish we knew less about what they do—not the names and not their accomplishments—but sometimes the conversations are way too much around what the man in the cowboy hat might might have had for lunch today. But <laughs> I love that it's part of this legacy of who made these things can inspire you as well. So yes, give give this line of of uh, Lucasfilm
4: uh, Barbie and Ken career action dolls. <laughs> Give it to me now. Give it to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's that idea that that stuck in my mind. You know, I go back to you know you mentioned Michelle Reguan, and you know I might get her title slightly incorrect, but basically the senior vice president of live action development. And how when she was announced, it, it is a Star Wars story, and we in the fandom we were all you know at least you know for the most part in the positive sides that I choose to spend my time in, she was celebrated and it was this wow she started here and now look at her and you immediately want them to succeed and to give that barbie and put it in a kid's hands and say this barbie's name is michelle and what michelle does is she sits by the campfire and she tells people that they can tell their own stories and that they have all the toys to play with you put it Mm -hmm. in that childhood lens and i think you could do that with everybody's career i mean with with john Mm -hmm. nolan and everybody involved and you could say you know, these are how, you know, these are the ways that they made their story. And I think that that is one of the most powerful things you can do for kids. And honestly, just as a side note, scrolling through that Barbie Career doll section, they've got a lot covered. They do have a lot covered. I'm, I'm pretty proud of them. Uh, proud of the folks over at Mattel. But this, I think, is how we could expand it.
2: This is, uh, this. yeah, I'm listening to you to just run off these names. This is why. I'm glad you went with the 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 Barbie kind of design uh, versus like a, a Black Series 6-inch or something like that, which, which you could do as well. Give me a, a story group round table Black Series set. I'm fine with that. But what I love about this choice is because I'm thinking of the Forces of Destiny uh, action dolls or, or whatever mm-hmm. it, the term was. I forget now. Um, bigger, bolder. Um, an emphasis on the costumes and the accessories. So you're saying like a John Knoll. Great. I want a simple buttoned up uh, dad t-shirt, uh, a, a shirt, long sleeve dad shirt, tucked in some dad jeans with some sneakers, but also the I invented Photoshop accessory that comes with it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's so much stuff with like just the, all those characters and and, uh, uh, and it would be inspired. You, you know, this list is, is half tongue in cheek, but it's all heart. Because, again, this, this is, these are, I love that you said, just like Michelle Regwan's story is, is a Star Wars story. It is someone um, wanting to create and do things for the betterment of, of the galaxy and, and us fans, despite what anyone would say. That's the goal. That's why they do it. And uh, I'm all on board. And would there be a George Lucas one? Do you get the, the, the superset?
4: Is that an exclusive mail mailway for the George Lucas one? yeah i'm thinking that the george lucas one either has to be a celebration thing or perhaps Mm -hmm. you know we release it through some sort of you know point system if you're in like the barbie mattel vip vacation whatever it's called um and i think that the george comes as a two-pack and it's young george from 76 in tunisia and the doll the doll is sepia toned and it looks like it's from a photograph and then the current George is George just asking, you know, when is my museum going to be finished? And, it's, <laughs> and it's, it's that George who is like, hey, that looks great. Yeah, I invented all this. That's the George I want yeah. on the other
2: side. I want. I want. This is great. The two pack with the younger George can come with like a, a stress relief pack or something like that. But the older one, I want to have two accessory items. That Starbucks coffee cup he always seems to be carrying now, um, <laughs> and then I want that plate of food court food. That that famous shot now of him just. So we were talking about in four center this week of him just sitting there eating food court food while his wife was speaking at an event. I want that George. I want that one. I want them all. I want. Absolutely. I want them. Sitting Right next to all the others. That's great, man. That inspires a lot. Well done uh, for your number three. My number three is something that uh, one of those one of those long held, you know it or you don't. And now more than ever, people know it. But back in the day, it was it was less known. uh, And I've seen these I've seen cosplay of this version of the character at San Diego Comic Con in particular. So that means uh, somewhere these kind of uh, items exist, but I want them officially released, much like they did the Lucas flannel at Celebration last year. And for uh, what I'm talking about is my number three, Peter Cushing, Governor Tarkin, slippers. (laughs) Incredible. What a story. I want I want the official slippers. It's one of those early facts you learn. Uh, Peter Cushing found the outfit uh, uncomfortable. So, from shots uh, from the waist up, it was him in nothing but some nice, comfortable gentleman slippers. Uh, yes, the, the, the evil governor of the galaxy uh, was uh, comfortable on set. And I love this. And I remember the first time it was about three, four years ago, I was going up an escalator inside San Diego uh, convention hall there, trying to get up to a panel room. And there was an older gentleman coming down. And, you know, you see the Tarkin. That's great. And I just got a, I just kind of scanned down, and I see he's in slippers. And I just, I about leaped over to uh, <laughs> you know, the, the ascending escalator to the descending escalator. Like, that's awesome. And he just was like, thank you, in a very Tarkin way. And I just, and it was the first time I would seen it. It was like, and even then, amongst a sea of nerds, at a big event with thousands of us around when you have that little connection, that shared bit of uh, not just knowledge, but like, Oh my God, you, you remembered that too. You know about that too. And yes, by now it's a, it's a wide known fact, but even then in that moment, it's, it it connects you as fans. It's, it's, it's connecting.
4: Absolutely. That's the stuff that, you know, when I was in Chicago um, for celebration, the way that I described it, you know, just in conversations with all the friends that I made out there and I say it a lot today, on my Mm -hmm. show and and everywhere that I am fortunate enough to be able to talk about Star Wars is that those experiences and those little slipper Tarkin moments are the things that prove that if we could all be, you know, de-aged to five years old by Mm -hmm. some Thanos snap, we would all find each other on the playground. It would just happen. There's something magnetic and electric about those stories and about, you know, you're speaking my language, you know, and that's the stuff that that really gets me. And, you know, I actually, I go to you, Ken, I remember, you know, in Chicago, uh, you performed a little bit uh, of, of stand up at the force center live show. And, and one of your mm-hmm. stories stuck out in my mind. And it's very similar about how, you know, talking to another kid and saying, Oh, you know what the Y wing is that I just lost it laughing because that is exactly uh, the type of you're speaking my language story that we're touching on throughout this list. And I know that for me with something like a Cushing Tarkin, you know, as a kid or, You know, in middle school, high school, whenever I found that out, um, that Tarkin had slippers on, it softened a whole generation of actors. Because you think of Cushing and Vincent Price and Christopher Lee as these incredible, just intimidating men that could go to such dark places. But really, they just wanted comfort. (laughs) I I really, really enjoy that you mentioned
2: that because something... And it's a clip I'd seen. It's a clip I've seen many times before, but it's a, it's one of those Tarkin bloopers from New Hope. And Cushing is doing the, you know, he's threatening Leia and he messes up and he keeps, go, he just kind of jokes around. He does a mush mouse bit and Carrie's, Carrie Fisher's laughing and he's laughing. And I, that 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 feeling you just described, even now this is recent. And again, I'd seen it, but it, it hit me very recent this year that I was like, wow. I still I have a view of Tarkin of charming to the last, you know, I, I of the cheekbones of the slick back hair of the evilness and to see him be so human in that moment and have it not occurred to me that, well, he's an actor and he's human and right. he brought a great performance to this character that I believed it for decades. Uh, I loved it. It's very human and it, it definitely ties to the slippers. So uh, it's very insightful that you brought it up. And again, a little shared feeling that we have, the Star Wars fans. So, wow, good stuff, man. So, as I'm going to slip on my target, and also I'm a slipper wearer. I have slippers on pretty much most of, of Four Center. If you hear me, I've got slippers on. So it, it's it, the it, way to
4: live for sure, especially in quarantine. Yeah.
2: Well, and look, you're in radio, man. I, I, you know, you're working from home right now, but. Uh, I can't tell you the amount of graveyard shifts I had uh, doing six hours of rock radio in sweatpants and slippers. It's the best. It's a radio outfit. There's
4: nothing more rock and roll than the sweatpants slipper combination, really.
2: It's not. Uh, we are uh, up uh, the list here now. Uh, two. Where we at? Oh, two. You're number two. That's right. Number two,
4: sir. All right, number two. We're going to those those stories within you know the the behind the scenes canon, if you will. And we mentioned him. He's come up a couple times in a tongue-in-cheek way. He was one of my Barbies. We're talking about Dave Filoni and his relationship with George. And I am presenting to all the listeners now the Pocket Padawan Digital Pet Toy. And in my email to Ken, a little behind the curtain here, I, right. I even included a link to explain what Tamagotchis were because I honestly have no idea how generational of a thing that is. I don't mm. know if there was any crossover um, and so as I as I put in the email, Tamagotchis, for those that don't know, were these little egg-shaped keychain digital computer toys that you could bring around and it would allow you to raise a little creature. And so, you know, if if you need to Google a picture of a Tamagotchi and then and then follow along with me here. Imagine a Tamagotchi little egg computer that was plaid, and it was a George Lucas Tamagotchi thing. And who is your little creature inside? But a, a you know a bright-eyed Dave Filoni fresh-faced maybe he doesn't even have a beard yet. maybe he hasn't even thrown the cowboy hat on and he's coming to you and you, you, the game starts when you pluck him from the Nickelodeon team and you say no more storyboards and then your little creature is scared and then it's your job to mentor him to the point where now he's directing live action. You got to feed him, you got to teach him stuff, you got to <laughs> give him talks and lectures. I think that we could take that entire story and make it a role-playing experience. I love
2: this. You got to sit him down and have a, uh, what the meaning of uh, uh, the force is, what balance is, uh, how to uh, do uh, uh, live and live,
4: live action blocking in animation, all those mm-hmm. things. And sometimes maybe he doesn't understand it. You got to try mm-hmm. again. There's, there's definitely going to be opportunities to be wrong. Sometimes you might get, you might hit the wrong button, and then the game tells you, "No, you were too dry. You got to show a little more emotion, George. He's young. You got to you got you to let him know that you're that you're here for him and that you support him. It's going to be a real lesson in, yeah. in in caregiving, which was a big thing. I don't know if this was at all a thing uh, when you were a kid, Ken, but you know, for my the prequel kids sort of age group, um, mm-hmm. raising creatures and things was big. Yeah. I mean, we had Neopets was a phenomenon, a whole website dedicated to raising fake creatures. The Harvest Moon video games, all about farming, and we're seeing that now again with Animal Crossing as a phenomenon. I think that there's a place for something like that in Star Wars, and I want to raise my own cowboy Dave.
2: I'm on board for this. Yeah, it is. It's slightly generational, except for me. I, I experienced it. What did you the, the Nano, the Nino, What did you call it? the Nano pet? The Nino pet. pet. Yeah. Neopet. So I remember when those were big, and it, yeah, you're right. Is around? It's around that time and at first it was because i worked i worked uh, public safety at a mall and i had this you know this uh, worked in this uh very alpha environment of of, of folks uh, you know doing our job here many went on to different careers in law enforcement were ex-military big, tough tough people men and women right at least they thought they were right they had they had to keep that up appearance up and then i'd find one in the corner hunched over the little neopet <laughs> Being like, uh, yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta feed, I gotta feed my pet, and I just remember that, so it connects to something because we all have that, and you have to allow yourself to connect to that part of you, uh, that nurturing part, and the the feeling of accomplishment, and growth, and then just from a Star Wars perspective, I mean, that's kind of the very Star Wars mentoring, and I mean that's that's important. Um, so you could take your design into other areas, Yoda and Padawans, anything you want, but also. Oh, yeah. you know, you talk about inside stuff, the behind the scenes stuff here. How many times? And I'm not poking fun. I love it because, you, you know, I'd say it too. How many times do we hear Dave Filoni say, well, uh, like George Lucas taught me or when I learned from George, he says that a lot as he should I'm not even poking yeah. fun. So it's part of the story. It's part of the Star Wars story. So
4: to actually have it in your hand as a as an egg technology, I'm, all, I'm, I'm on board for this. Yeah. And, I, and you know, just from a, a real world place, just for a second and, and not to make it so sappy and serious. And, and I'm talking about an egg computer here, colored plaid. But, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to, uh, go to a theater to watch, uh, the Mandalorian premiere, uh, live streaming for work. Mm. And I watched Dave, you know, have that moment with Bryce and everyone else on stage, but Bryce definitely, you know, she put her, her hand on his shoulder when he was talking about how his dad's not around anymore and how mm. he thought his dad would have been proud of it. And how Bryce Dallas Howard saying, I've heard from George and from my dad that, George thinks of this guy, Dave, like a son. And the dad stuff in Star Wars is probably 85% of my experience, if not more. I mean, that's, that is mm-hmm. that is a huge, pivotal part of my life with my own personal story. And so that was a moment when Dave teared up, I was like, man, this is it. This is the stuff right here. Like this is somehow, you know, Pete, George gets a lot of crap and people say that he kind of is Anakin because he became the system. No, 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 no. He's, it, George is a Skywalker but it's for this stuff. It's for the way that he has left it all out there for everyone else to learn. That's, that's what gets me.
2: Yeah, that's great, man. Well said. Absolutely. Well said. And uh, now another item we must have <laughs> in our hands. Uh, good job, man. And I saw that on your list and I went, Oh yeah, definitely. That makes sense. You're, you're that, uh, you're the prequel uh, baby H man uh, in that, in that rough generation. Uh, and, and this is a, uh, This is definitely needed to make the list more than just my old style toys here. (laughs) Uh, We're going to uh, my number two, we'll take a quick break after that. But my number two, so I was, you know, you're running down the list. I got some honorable mentions. I got some things that, you know, uh, are in the, the making of star Wars movies and shows. But now I also think part of the behind the scenes is uh, the Lucasfilm brand, the star Wars brand and some of the people and characters there who uh, not just make the stuff, but help us enjoy it. And to me, one of the hardest workers and one of the best personalities out there, someone I've had the pleasure of just kind of running into, but not meeting. I won't say I've met her, but I've run into and exchanged uh, a pleasantry with. And and everyone who I, I know who knows her speaks so highly of her. And that is Andy Gutierrez. And I want the official. There may have been fan ones. There may have been a gift given to him on the Star Wars show. And I like Carboni too. I've worked with Carboni. I like Peter Townley, actually. I, you know, I don't know what happened, but uh, she's been doing it for so long so give me the official andy gutierrez funko pop i want this i want this on the shelf it belongs next to all the all the funko pops because she's been part of the the face of the fandom and helping us celebrate star wars and uh, i i just i enjoy the whole crew scott bromley with the star wars show is now behind jedi temple I, I i just enjoy it i think it's i think it's a a, a great. Uh, a great part of modern star wars and i wish we had it when we were young i I imagine my generation if we got to tune in somewhere and get direct news and direct stories from star wars
4: uh that would that would have blown my mind then so i I want homage to it now that's crazy that, that you even you know brought up that idea of it potentially like what would a past version have been like would it have been a a 20 year old stephen colbert like Hi, this is, this is Steve Colbert and, and welcome to the star Wars show circa 1990. Like it, it would have been so interesting to see how that would have panned out. And, and it's so yeah. true of, of Andy Gutierrez and, and Carboni and, uh, you know, and AJ and everybody involved in the public facing side of Lucasfilm and what they do. Um, you know, I've been to galaxy's edge uh, a couple times. And the first time I was there bumping into Matt Martin and AJ and everybody, um, that was there for the team and doing the opening and all that stuff. Um, it just creates, um, such a, a positive sense of community and especially in the digital space, that's something that needs to be celebrated because the digital space is the wild West and there's a lot of black hats. You know, there's a lot of people, um, that are, you know, I want my clicks and I don't care who has to go down for it. Uh, and getting positive hosts and people like Andy is super important, especially when you go to something like a celebration. Um, the energy yep. that that her and, and, and Anthony Carboni bring on that stage. And I know it exhausts them. Like, it absolutely must exhaust them, but they don't show it for a second.
2: No, not, I mean, Car- Car- uh, Carboni flies, you know, back in was weekly, was flying up there every Monday at 6 a.m. to do the show. I mean, it, it's amazing stuff. And and Andy Gutierrez, you know, had a lot of other duties uh, at Lucasfilm, still does. And it reminds me of, uh, you know, in the 2000s, uh, Bonnie Barton was part of that face. And I, I've since had the pleasure of, of becoming friends with Bonnie and, and she's got some great stories from that era too, but also just like that was part of it part of the, the fan community. And look back in the day when you had Bantha tracks or whatever, the official Star Wars newsletter, it was always there. And we, we celebrated the passing and the, and the legacy of, of, of Charles uh, Lippincott last week of mm-hmm. him taking uh, Star Wars to the fans. So it's it's all in a natural extension. Um, but in like you said, in this new modern age – um, you know, and she was doing the rebels recon stuff, and they and they pulled her in. And I, I don't know her story completely. I don't believe she set out to be a host. It was just something that, all right, hey, you're, you're here, you're part of the family. Let's do it. And it's uh, I still tune in every week. And 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 uh, you know, uh, when you you meet those folks, and I, I've, I've I've had the pleasure of having a dinner with AJ and Matt Martin and a lot of those folks. They love Star Wars and they love being part of the team, and they still go to work happy to be there in the face of a, a lot of negativity. And Andy Gutierrez is one that absolutely took some slings and arrows and still continues to do it from, uh, just a real bad part of, I'm not even going to say the fandom, just, just bad parts of the world and society. Yeah. Um, so it means a lot to me that she gets up there every week to do a show or to do the live event and still has a great attitude about it. And, and, Is humble and nice and you know and and recognizes their position so like i said i know they've gotten a lot of gifts on the show there may be something i did a quick google search couldn't find anything but i want it official give me a celebration exclusive
4: andy gutierrez funko pop that's what i want love it i love this man we got i'm telling you someone out there right now start start 3d printing we're ready. (laughs)
2: You know, my, You know the, the, there you go. You struck on something because my, my cousin has a 3D printing business. We might have to get on this here. All right. Yeah. Uh, we are going to take a quick break here at Star Wars Ranked. But on the other side, our number ones and some honorable mentions, things that were oh so close to making our list of the behind-the-scenes toys and merch that we want. Stick around here for Star Wars Ranked.
0: cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com
4: hey everyone i've been on the go recently phoenix kansas city chicago if you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home you have an airbnb Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast.
1: Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number.
2: To Star Wars Ranked, me and Alton Diaz of Octo Radio are here ranking the behind-the-scenes toys and merch items that we want, that we really, really want. I'm telling you, uh, this has been a fun discussion, fun list, and uh, almost like a weird, bittersweet feeling knowing that some of these items aren't real. Uh, and that's Not yet, Ken. Not yet. That's right. Not yet. <laughs> yet. Well, we are uh, uh, almost to our number ones, but as we always do here, we're going to list some honorable mentions. I'll just kind of run through some of mine and then I definitely want to hear yours here. Um, uh, I didn't I did include this uh, when I sent you my list, uh, but I'm going to add this. I. I it, it actually, when you first sent me over the email of this is what I'd like to talk about, I went, oh, here's one of the things I'd like. And then I kind of came up with some other ideas and moved it off my top five. I want, remember where they had that dancing Jar Jar figure back in the day? Big plastic. Oh, yeah. You could dance it around i want the dancing john boyega daisy ridley behind the scenes <laughs> yes We're on set having fun dancing i think it's on crate i uh, and there's actually a few of them quite frankly there's also the famous oscar isaac uh lip bite dance all those kind of there's a lot of dancing in the sequel trilogy uh behind the scenes stuff but i want that one i want to celebrate the the friendship of boyega and ridley and what they brought to the roles so I want that to, uh, there, I don't know if it's, if it's like the Jar Jar one or it's a little bit motorized and more modern tech. I don't know. It could be nice to be an old school one there. So that's on my list there. Love that. Love it. Uh, then, uh, we've got, uh, I'm surprised this one quite frankly doesn't exist after the, uh, uh the, the Lucas flannel. It seems only right that we ha- can have the official Dave Filoni cowboy hat. I You know, again, someone might send me a a link after the show to one uh, that's official. I don't know. Maybe
4: I missed it. Have you ever seen this, Alton? Have you ever heard of this? Never seen a a legitimate official one, um, nor have I seen anybody with experience in wrangling. let me know which one he's wearing. Um, But I have seen some Dave Filoni cosplayers around at different places. So at one point, I'm going to have to stop one of them and say, hey, where'd you get the hat? and yeah. what is the proper golden wolf pin to put in it <laughs> that's true so you get all that official and if i had one and trim my beard up a little bit
2: i'll get stopped at celebrations even more for people thinking i'm dave which i see it it's only the gray beard white man thing i get it <laughs> i get it i don't <laughs> see it but i get st- that the, the celebration picture that someone took to the bitter end thinking i was feloni if
4: i get the hat
2: then I can actually pull it off and maybe charge for autographs. Oh, like, yeah. Then
4: you're, that, then you're dropping rumors that aren't true. Yeah. And it could just be I, a whole thing. I met Filoni at
2: celebration. What a jerk charged me $200 for his autograph.
4: <laughs> Unbelievable. And then told me I'm never bringing Jason back. Yeah. Never bringing Jason to do it back. Um,
2: so, uh, that's on my list. Uh, then I have absolutely mentioned this before on a show, but I want it officially submitted here. I definitely want the Rick McCallum chewing, chewing gum set. Yes. Uh, just so you can get on a phone too and talk to and McGregor while you smack your gum. Uh, it's going to be so cool, dude. Mm, Got to have that. And then my final one, we, we didn't uh, talk about his passing on a uh, Force Center last week. We were t- talking more about uh, Charles Lippincott, but actually I saw you had posted the story in our Discord server, Alden, so uh, thank you for that. But I think we do need the Ken at Nightingale figure. This is the uh, infamous, famous, pink shorts sound guy, and he passed away uh, last week or so. And it's just become a thing. It's a cosplay thing. It's a meme that people have. And I, I'm all for it here. And to pay uh, uh, homage to him, give me the uh,
4: six-inch uh, Ken Nightingale Black Series figure. He's a legend. He's a legend. I mean, when you think about, you know how, like, in, you know, just to, to cross mm-hmm. the streams here for a second, you know how in, like, Star Trek, when they do a time travel thing, how mm-hmm. their, their uniforms automatically change to fit the period? If right. you were to travel back in time to 76 in the desert to the filming of that, you would automatically end up in pink short shorts. Like that's how <laughs> iconic that is. That, that screams to me, Lucasfilm limited like that. It's just perfect.
2: Yeah. And then, you know, you're right. Yeah. You just can be, we could then have the official Lucasfilm limited pink short shorts. <laughs>
4: you can buy those. Make it happen. Make it happen. Add to cart. So those are some of my honorable mentions. What do you have on your list? Yeah, so my honorable mentions here, i going to, I mentioned uh, earlier at the top of the episode how I loved the Within a Minute documentary uh, with uh, Revenge of the Sith. And in that, there's a huge emphasis on the Nick Gillard um, choreography for the uh, Mustafar Duel. And so I would love to do Mustafar Duel behind the scenes playset. Um, I believe this would be a three and three quarter and it would come with Hayden and Ewan and whether or not they're in the Anakin and Obi-Wan costumes, I haven't decided. Maybe you, you get, uh, you know, regular wear as well. Um, it comes with little blue screens, some green screens, and pre-digital effects lightsaber props. So you do get those hilts in the three and three-quarter sizing, but with just sticks ready yes. to smack. Can uh, Ewan's be slightly bent? because Yes, keeps from, from you know? the aggression. <laughs> yeah, from the Phantom Menace. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so up. that was uh one of mine uh also in figures i would love a black series two pack a six inch series uh two pack of ryan johnson in his now famous lobster sweater slash cardigan from the set of last jedi with carrie fisher maybe there's a, a, a shared accessory there that says tlj script on it because we know she polished up some of her scenes um yeah. i'm not really sure what the extent of that was but we do know that it happened in some capacity and I think that it would be cool to celebrate their bond because I've always loved uh, that one clip of, of Carrie talking about how, you know, he can write, he can direct and, you know, there, there's bad things about him. I just don't know him yet. That always, you know, that was signature uh, Carrie humor and I I would love to immortalize that friendship. Uh, Mm. And then lastly here, I initially, when I pitched this uh, ranked idea to you, VR headset in terms of Favreau did come to mind, but, I decided for my honorable mention here uh, to hone in on one specific VR experience. So imagine a headset that you could put on. And then when you were making the selection of what you were going to see, it's just John Williams score recordings. So you can sit there and cry. You can look around and see Mark Hamill. You could see Daisy and Victoria Mahoney off to the side. Maybe Daisy just got her her music sheet page from John and you could just watch the man conduct.
2: Oh God! Could you imagine? Could you imagine? Could you ever want to imagine actually being there like they were? I mean, God bless it. But two, yeah, to get to experience that over and over again, oh, that would that would be a great way to relax after a long
4: day of work. Oh yeah, that that would be wonderful. Absolutely,
2: love that, man. That's a
4: great honorable mention list. Anything else? Yeah, you're leaving off. No, I think the, I think that's it. I mean, really, we could sit here like for an entire like live stream and come up with these. But yeah, that, that's all I got written down. It could be always be a sequel there. Uh, and I'm sure Joseph has great ideas too.
2: So we might revisit this again. Uh, all right. We have uh, reached the uh, number ones. This is i uh, we'll, I'll go first. So the guests can close the show. The number one behind the scenes toy or merch item that I want is a sideshow figure. This is one of those one, six scale figures that cost you a pretty penny and they come in the big box and you, you look at them and you go, wow, that's unbelievable. We've got, I, you know, I've, I've, got some of the, um, I got that Obi Wan one of him in the desert. We all know that the, the the child one is on its way out. These are great. They put a lot of work into these, which is why I want the Shirley Henderson controlling Babu Frick <laughs> side show one six scale figure. It's the greatest price thing I've ever heard. To go, <laughs> price to go probably five hundred bucks. I don't care. It's just her sitting there with some uh, those little sticks connecting to Babu Frick. You can do the go, go, go. Scene, you could do that, uh, whatever you want. It doesn't, uh, you know, has some uh, change-out accessories as a lot of the sideshows do. So realistic. It's got her her hair kind of up casually with those glasses she's got, just kind of on the set working, doing her magic. Uh, and then Babu, uh, I guess you could move him a little bit. I'd like to see the Babu figure move just enough so you could kind of puppeteer it yourself there and do your own kind of scenes. But this is one of my favorite things about Star Wars behind the scenes and it's from Rise of Skywalker, but it's right up there. I just love it. I love that sequence over and over. I love JJ dying at that long extended. Ugh! I love everything about it. I just love, you know, Shirley Anderson's done a lot of things. A lot of people know her. Uh, what is the moaning Myrtle from uh, uh, Harry Potter? People connected with her over that. She's in a lot of things, but just see her just so casually. Humbly sitting there with the designers, who were like, "Yeah, we've never done this before." And she's like, mm, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, just doing her <laughs> thing, doing <what> <laughs> on set, making no everyone laugh." I love it. I love it, and I want this in my house now.
4: That is when I read that. That's one of the best ideas I've ever heard, and I would pay an irresponsible amount of money <laughs> to get my hands on one of those. And and I would just have to eat ramen noodles after, but but yeah. happily because I would have acquired one of the best uh, one six scale figures ever that the whole behind the scenes section with her is just amazing. Mm -hmm. And the way that they edited it for the documentary and teed it up with Mark Hamill asking, uh, I believe it was Neil Scamlin and saying, you know, Mm -hmm. do do actors normally get to voice their own things? And they're like, Nope, (laughs) this is going to be the first time we're doing it. And she crushes Mm -hmm. it. And Babu, the way that he's just become, you know, so, uh, so much a part of heart the, of the heart of star wars you know he just yeah. injected himself straight in there i mean just even working in, in you know at in what i do in radio sometimes something doesn't work and in my head i'm like it went black 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 like i just <laughs> you know that's just it's an instantly iconic uh, star wars character yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, you, well, you know what, that's what, that's why I love this list here. Cause behind the scenes stuff adds to these legends. Babu shows up and everyone's like, okay, whether I, I like the movie or not, I like that Babu guy. He's kind of a superstar and yeah, you're right. He's quotable and the quotes can translate to real life, which is, I think how a lot of the, the Star Wars quotes, uh, the legendary ones work. But then you see this behind the scenes thing and he becomes even more legendary because of Shirley Anderson and what she's doing. It's like, it's just, it's amazing. It made it even even more uh, just impressive. So, yeah, that's why I got to pay homage to it. Price to go at whatever it takes.
4: Yeah, exactly. Whatever it takes. They really, they could get away on, on the Sideshow website with listing that as an actual price. And it could yeah. say, whatever it takes, just scroll down to the payment plans, you sucker. And, <laughs> and, and, and I would do it. <laughs> and I would
2: yeah, I've been fortunate to tour that facility uh, thanks to my friend Jeff May, who I, I was on one of his shows there. And they, they go all out. I, I've talked a little bit about it. it. It's it's like a little theme park. It's, it's pretty impressive, and they're all nice up there. But it reminds me, my... Well, a friend of mine is part of this uh, exclusive whiskey club slash bar up in the Malibu Hills. And I've been there once. It's attached to a restaurant um, that my only frame of ref- reference, the restaurant appears in like season two of Kirby Enthusiasm. They go to it. It's like Wood Creek or something way far. You go upstairs. to the whiskey bar. And they have all these whiskeys. And to get in to the club, to the membership is the cost of one whiskey bottle. And they have starting prices, $200. And on the top shelf, shelf, they list $800, $1,000, $1,200. On the top shelf, there's a couple bottles, and the note just says, please ask. (laughs) No price. Please ask. Sideshow could do that. Shirley Henderson controlling Babu Frick is a please ask
4: item, I think. Absolutely. That's a kill number one.
2: Yeah. Memories of whiskey bars aside, uh, let's move, my friend, to your
4: number one. So my number one comes from the realm of animation and something that we have and haven't touched on yet in this list. You know, as much as these, these behind-the-scenes heroes, either in the Lucasfilm you know, production side of things or, or you know, the outward-facing digital side of things, there's also those concept art pieces that become part of legend and how, you know, the original Luke Starkiller, you know, has been immortalized mm-hmm. in statues and in figures and how we've seen you know the Dark Horse published you know the, the miniseries based on the original George draft, and then young me's looking at it like Han Solo was green. All of yeah. those what if things are part of the behind the scenes canon experience that all fans are going to go to. And so I I start this with a recommendation to everybody: if you have not purchased the art of Star Wars Rebels, please do it hmm. a because star wars rebels means the world to me uh, i've got a sabine's final helmet from the season four epilogue tattooed on my arm i love mm-hmm. that show so much it got me through some tough times and so i go to rebels for the star wars rebels concept art six pack so when you open Bye. this book you get to see different passes on what the ghost crew might have been. And the very first pass at the very top of one of these pages is a group that looks decidedly different, Mm -hmm. very, very different. Ezra is probably the only consistent one. You get a pretty standard Ezra Bridger. But what you're looking at here is a non-Jedi knight, blonde Kanan Jarrus, if that was even gonna be his name, with a cybernetic arm and an earpiece. There's a blonde Sabine, who is the adult woman of the group, The young woman or your even small kid is Hera, who is a blue Twi'lek. And then you've got a completely different Zeb. And this is the kicker for me. This Zeb, who, by the way, is holding our round-headed chopper. This Zeb is a buff, like Undertaker cane-sized Ithorian. And I love Ithorians so much. Uh, They're up there with Ewoks as my top species in Star Wars. I love these guys since the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. And the mm-hmm. fact that Zeb, you know, I love our Lasat Zeb and I wouldn't trade him for the world, but I need this large, ridiculous Arthurian to be canonized <laughs> somehow. I know it. they don't, they don't, they don't waste anything at Lucasfilm. And this yeah. is the thing that I need them to one day look at and say, huh, yeah, we could use that again. And I want all of these to be a three and three quarter inch six pack, uh, because, this motley crew that ended up turning into some of my most beloved Star Wars characters with so many amazing memories that they were, they're weirdos and they were, I think, improved upon in some ways, but they're there's stuff here and uh, I want to play with them. This is great
2: because I'm highlighting, uh, you know, if I, if this was a script that highlight what you just said about, you know, so the film doesn't really leave anything behind. They, they make use of a lot of things because, you know, uh, uh, Zeb is is uh, you know the uh, the early uh, you know kind of Chewbacca kind of design or whatever. What you know some of the early designs. there, you mentioned the Han Solo stuff. It's all great. It's all there. It's all part of Mc, the Rick, um, uh, Ralph McQuarrie almost said Rick McCallum, the Ralph McQuarrie pass. So right. yeah, imagine two uh, animated series from now. You're going to see that authority. You're going to see it all. You're going to see it.
4: I I really think I am. I think I am. And and even this original chopper with his round dome looking Mm -hmm. a little more like an R2 unit, that design very obviously became cheap, both voiced by Dave Filoni. Uh, Cheap, Mm -hmm. poor one out from one of the great heroes of the Clone Wars. Uh, (laughs) We've already seen these designs. So if one day I see a blonde, tan couple that kind of look kind of roguish or whatever, I'm going to look and know that's the original Uh, Kanan Mm -hmm. and Sabine, which, you know, obviously they were not a couple in the story we were given but you know and Hera being this this child and how she ended up being the mom of the group it's just amazing to pay tribute Mm -hmm. to how ideas change how ideas evolve i mean we know based on recent daisy ridley interviews that there exists takes of force awakens where she was still being called kira things like Mm -hmm. that fascinate me and how names and designs continue on and they should all be celebrated and immortalized So I can give them my money. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) at
2: the end of the day, right? Give them all the money. It's great. And I, you know, I love those art of books. I don't have the rebels one yet. So you're you're inspiring me, man. I got to go get it. Um, yeah. And, and what a again, you know, look at the lines of, of figures, particularly in the mid 2000s. Joseph and I have been ranking them here on this very show of just where a lot of them are the Ralph McQuarrie's Christmas card design of Yoda. Uh, you know, McQuarrie as a figure himself, that again is part of the Star Wars legacy, the designs that that, uh, you know, were in the past but and, and didn't come to be or later were used to something else, all those kind of wonderful things. It's part of the legacy. And what a great way to pay tribute to a great show that I'm currently re- re-watching myself and finding myself enjoying it even more. And then also to this legacy of designs in Star Wars and concepts and what could be and what ends up being. I love this set. I love this list. Alden, you have really brought it here today in Force Center. I'm so happy that we were able to make this happen and that this was a, a great list. And you're not that. You sent me a, a list of like four or five ideas and I was like, every single one of these could be an episode. So uh, buckle up. Tell that thunder to uh, quiet down. You'll be back again,
4: sir, uh, doing some fun Star Wars ranking. Oof. That See? Wow. Look at that. A big awesome. thunderclap to silence wow. Ken and tell Ken to get off Exegol. This is a Sith planet. You're too pure to be here in Florida. Uh, wow, that was that. You can't, you can't write that, folks. You can't write that.
2: I'm I'm a little freaked out. I'm a little freaked out.
4: <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, if if Florida will permit me, real quick, to say thank you so much uh, for having me on, and and again, I would love to dive into those other ideas uh, to revisit this one. This was such a great conversation. Just hearing um, all of the celebratory threads between. The two of us as representatives of two different star wars generations and talking about everybody that inspired us and also just you know for the unsung heroes um people like an andy gutierrez people like a john noel michelle rajuan all of these Mm. people that become part of the behind the scenes story that you know if i'm having a a bad day maybe i will go to disney plus and watch the director and the jedi and just sit back and sometimes it's just as satisfying as the actual Mm. canon stories and so these are all things that uh, that we want, and and just coming up with them just is so therapeutic.
2: Uh, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks for coming on. Uh, like seriously, we might do a part two. I might have to uh, bring you back and bring in Joseph because I know he's 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 got some ideas like this too per- percolating around his brain. So it'll be fun. There's as you're talking, I'm thinking, oh God, I didn't even think about that. Oh, I could have brought in that. Oh, the list will go on so um, uh, thanks for coming on here in here i, I wouldn't uh, want this show to wrap up without you really getting a chance as we say in wrestling put yourself over and and tell everyone what you're working on that they can find because i want them to go follow you i think you're a a, a, a a such a strong representative of the modern star wars fan and i really respect what you're doing so i want them to follow you
4: Well, first of all, I'm going to have all my business cards amended to strong representative of the modern Star Wars fan, because that that sounds like uh, such a fashionable description, and and I really do appreciate it. Uh, It is a a completely true statement when I say that I would not be making my show, at least in the way that I'm doing it, because I had podcasting experience before, but without Force Center, uh, really a direct line from there to what I'm doing on Octo Radio, which is a show that I'm doing um every week sometimes multiple times a week in quarantine because you really can just knock them out left and right um Mm -hmm. it is a show celebrating all the different perspectives in star wars people's backgrounds and origin stories and how they express their fandom so we had people that uh, listen to force center will uh you'll know people like andres cabrera was on joseph scrimshaw has been on ken you have been on when uh why we love star wars was released different Mm -hmm. uh topics like you authoring your own book with andres and joseph we talked about uh, latin representation in star wars and with joseph comedy uh, my friends like Tori fox has come on who runs an awesome shop called creature cartel talking about crafting and sculpting so it really is all about just the celebration of fandom and making connections sometimes the interviews are the first time i've ever spoken to a person so those mm-hmm. can be interesting and you can find all of those uh, octo radio pretty much everywhere on social A-H-C-H-T-O Radio. It's also hosted on Anchor, uh, just like a lot of your shows can, so it'll pop up on all the platforms. And then me personally, uh, Alden Diaz, um, you can find me at AD underscore Strider, mixing a little Lord of the Rings in with our Star Wars, and that's on (laughs) Twitter. Uh, You can find me in the Discord servers, Instagram. Find me everywhere. I'm on the internet all the time. I'm young.
2: (laughs) Uh, Uh, That means you're going to be on the TikTok doing the dancing, right? Oh, Um, yeah.
4: I'm choreographing them right now. I love that you you did
2: so that a, your your uh, your AD Strider is is a Lord of the Rings reference because I remember when I first saw it, it was like, oh, okay, Strider, got
4: it. Yeah, it is. Uh, that was when I was in high school. I remember going through a really uh, moody time, and I remember saying, uh, I'm going to ditch uh, Alden Diaz and do a pen name inspired by Strider because that was Aragorn, you know, creating his own yeah. thing and and creating his own self and not want to deal with things. And I was, I'm a very, uh, always been a dramatic child. There's a direct line between me writing Mark Hamill in my kindergarten journal, all the way to everything I do now. So yeah.
2: I love it, man. We'll do it again. Thank you so much for sending listeners please give A.D. Strider a follow. He is a ranger that deserves your attention. Uh, We'll do it again. Uh, So much fun today. That's it, folks. Star Wars has been ranked. And enjoy this new outro music as you did the intro music from the great Tony Thatcher. We'll see you next time.